0: Oh, my God! They're dead! Who could have done such a heinous act? I bet it was that frog down by the swamp. I don't like that frog; he's got them shifty eyes. It was that convict iron jaw that rapscallion. scallion. I bet it was that strange, shadowy figure that likes to swing in the park on Thursday nights. I'll swaddle my stuffed panda she's, she's possessed. it could have been ricky's arm we haven't seen it since it got cut off i definitely know who the killer is yeah. me blank is the killer hello welcome to blank is the killer the unoriginal horror movie podcast where i your host josh baker cover six new to me horror movies and for the time being talk about my first watch through of *Buffy the vampire slayer for the seventh topic this episode has more piranha spooky anthologies and whack witches let's jump into an old station wagon together and drive down an unnamed highway to hell we got nothing better to do and i hear there's an infinity diner down there whatever that means number one piranha 3dd 2012 directed by john Gulliger. a girl named maddie comes back to her hometown her stepfather chet has added an adult theme to the family water park after maddie's mom passed away the piranha were supposed to be only in the lake from the first movie but somehow they have spread during opening day the piranha invade the water park a bunch of people die but the chaos is stopped by draining the pools and some explosive thinking right when everything is calming down The piranha begin walking on land and continue their killing spree piranha are the killers i want to say chet is a killer he didn't technically know that he was for sure pumping piranha into the park during the chaos he backs up a golf cart over a little girl but it's not confirmed if that killed her like its predecessor piranha 3dd has a ton of random people in it we got gary Busey. he dies in the first scene david hasselhoff david koshner and more christopher lloyd paul Shear and bing rames are also back i thought they both died in the first one they explain that bing rames just lost his legs but i remember paul Shear being super dead turns out they never explicitly show him dying in the first movie compared to the first film piranha 3dd or 3 D is worse in almost every way the gore isn't as good the cinematography is worse and the acting well the acting is about just as bad as it is in the first one i will say that this sequel seems to have more fish puppets which is awesome and i didn't notice any glaring issues where the audio didn't match up with what the characters were saying in this one kudos for that i guess even though this movie is a step down from the first one piranha 3dd is still a fun time not go out of your way to watch fun but it's entertaining the david hasselhoff stuff is pretty good there's a slow motion running sequence showcasing his now flabby body the jaws dolly zoom is used three times on him in succession for no real reason other than it's funny like jerry o'connell from the first movie david Koschner is also great at playing sleazebag characters if you don't know him by name i guarantee you'll recognize his face i think my favorite movie he acts in is the goods his death in piranha 3dd is absurd and great he's driving off in a golf cart gets his head cut off by one of those lines with little triangle flags on them his head then goes flying off his body with a great amount of blood spurting and finally comes to rest in the arms of a topless woman who's covered in blood she's freaking out so it looks like his decapitated head is motorboating the woman's red breasts if that's not one of the dumbest yet genius things i've ever seen i don't know what is that is the main death that stuck out to me a kid gets his head bitten off by a piranha that starts walking on land at the end of the movie which is also pretty funny because of the abruptness of the death we can't have a sequel without a penis bite of course so katrina bowden who's probably best known for her role as sari in 30 rock ends up getting a piranha in her body she then has sex with this dude can you see where this is going yeah the piranha comes out of her hoo-ha and bites homie's ding-dong he then has to cut off his penis to get rid of the fish i think i would try stabbing the fish or pretty much anything else before jumping to the member severance but to each their own pet warning well not really more of a stupid but funny thing to talk about regarding a cow's corpse gary Busey is looking for his cow he finds it dead in the water the corpse starts letting out gas which pushes piranha eggs out of its behind mr Busey puts a lighter by the cow's hind end which causes the piranha filled cow to explode a guy also gets a piranha pulled out of his rear end i'm not sure why piranha are so attracted to butts in this movie as you can tell this movie is not a highbrow comedy piranha 3dd is a stupid entertaining movie if you ever see it available for viewing when you are super bored it'll help you waste an hour and 20 minutes the director john Gulager also directed another horror comedy series called feast i may have seen the first one but can't remember I might cover it in some other episode. Number 2 Southbound, 2015, directed by Roxanne Benjamin, David Bruckner, Patrick Horvath, and Radio Silence. Two guys are driving a truck. They are being chased by demons. They stop at a diner, then try to leave it, but they find out they're stuck in a loop. A demon kills one of the guys. The other goes home and is stuck in a weird loop where he sees his daughter continuously running away. We then meet a band. They get a flat tire and hitch a ride with a weird couple to an even weirder house where they have a family dinner two of the band members eat the food served and one named sadie does not the two that ate end up brainwashed by the weird family cult sadie sees this and the ghost of her dead friend she runs to the road to try and get help and is hit by lucas lucas wasn't paying attention he calls 911 and they try to talk him through helping sadie lucas gets her to a hospital that's abandoned Another voice starts helping Lucas, and the trio on the phone with him start laughing after Lucas follows their advice, which kills Sadie. They then tell him to leave without worrying about anything. One of the people that was on the phone goes to a bar. A guy named Danny bursts in with a shotgun demanding to know the whereabouts of a girl named Jessie. He's led to Jessie and tries to get her away from the hellish town she's been in. Danny drives out into the desert learns jesse killed their parents because she wanted to and is dragged out of his car by a gang of nude dudes jesse goes back to town and yells at a girl named jem jem is with her parents the family goes home and then three guys invade the home the dad did something to a daughter of one of the guys context clues reveals he killed her the mom and then dad are killed jem is let go but she comes back and is murdered the same demons from the beginning burst out of jem and start hunting the three home invaders one is quickly killed and the other two who are the guys from the beginning take off in a truck the two guys in the truck lucas jesse and jem's dad are the killers one of the truck guys kills the mom and another kills jem jem's dad is the one that killed the kid so killing innocent people they didn't know makes the two men in the truck killers the demons spawned from jem to kill her killers so the demons aren't being counted danny might have been killed by the new dudes aka the powdered donut boys but i need to be sure to list that nefarious gang as killers southbound has been popping up a lot recently and i was avoiding it due to it being an anthology i don't have anything against anthologies but they are normally a lot harder to cover due to the multiple stories they also lead to crazy long summaries as a whole i enjoyed southbound all the stories are entertaining normally i have a standout favorite but i enjoyed everything equally most of the directors have done parts for the vhs series and roxanne benjamin also did a segment for xx which is a horror anthology completely directed by women i've been meaning to check out xx but i've stated anthologies are tough to cover i'm going to stop being a baby and cover it next anywho southbound takes place along a highway with no name my understanding is that everyone is in this hellish world for some reason there are a lot of great practical effects in this After Lucas hits Sadie with his car, we get a bunch of neat practical gore as he tries to save her life. His actions lead to her leg breaking off, which is strangely comedic. Besides that, you also get to see some neat gore when one of the truck guys has a run-in with a demon. There are also a couple shotgun wounds that look great. Danny even shoots a demon guy's head off. I don't think it killed him though, so I'm not counting Danny as a killer. I consider the demon guy innocent. He was just tending bar surprisingly there is some neat monster cgi in this a la the demons that spawn from gem's corpse their design is great they are floating skeletons with tentacle lower halves the upper bodies have what i can best describe as peanut shell coverings that open up to show their boniness when they attack they also have wings and a big scythe hand actually each one looks a little different but given the lower budgets of these types of movies the cgi looks great The acting is hit or miss it ranges from a little off to decent the guy that plays the maintenance worker in orange is the new black plays the bartender i think he's been off in every role i've ever seen him in he's not believable for some reason sadie is played by fabian therese i recognized her and after a quick google was reminded that she played tess in a movie i covered a while ago called sequence break she's all right in southbound she didn't have much to work with in that other movie if you've watched sarah silverman's i love you america you might recognize mather zickle aka man at a desk he played lucas in southbound that's all the people i recognized interesting i know if you're looking for a hellish anthology check out southbound all the segments are strong number three xx 2017 directed by roxanne benjamin sophia carrillo annie clark aka saint vincent karen kusama and jovanka vukovic everyone in a family besides the mom starves themselves to death after the son sees what's inside a stranger's gift box on a train and spills the beans about what he saw to his sister and dad a husband dies after mixing pills and alcohol and is found by his wife who tries and fails to hide his body since she doesn't want the death to ruin their daughter's birthday some hipsters go adventuring in the wilderness and have fun until one of them named gretchen is possessed by a demon and murders everyone else a mother tries to keep her son away from his true father satan and they both die during a strong embrace starvation mixing pills and alcohol demon gretchen hugs and andy are the killers coming from the southbound anthology hype i dove into xx and was let down while i think all the stories in southbound were good and entertaining there were parts of xx that were hard to get through the worst segment by far is the birthday party directed by saint vincent first off it's not even in the horror genre i believe you could make a horror short surrounded around finding a dead loved one or having to hide their body but this short comes off as a stupid character doing stupid things solely for comedic effect problem is number one this is a horror anthology number two the birthday party is not funny at all all of the main characters actions are groan inducing okay so you find your husband's dead body and need to hide it in order to allow your daughter to have a good birthday party do you a hide the body in a closet that no one will look in during the party or b hide the body in plain sight after putting it in a panda costume that you bought off the would-be party entertainer where the now furry corpse is practically guaranteed to be revealed as what it is a dead body at some time during the birthday party obviously you go with the latter because you're saint vincent and super quirky the acting here is hammy and unbelievable there isn't any gore this short also has a bunch of loud jump scare noises for no reason They literally don't fit at all the next short is better when it comes to character design my favorite of the bunch is don't fall In don't fall demon gretchen is really creepy looking when you see her hanging upside down and creeping with that demon face and sharp teeth her design is practical and so is the gore for the gnarly broken leg a girl gets when she doesn't listen to the title of the short's advice the demon that possesses gretchen looks surprisingly bad though i'm not sure who decided to give the demon the cheesy half-baked after image effect that's used but the demon ends up looking cheap and lame besides that terrible demon i like the aesthetic and tone of the short demon gretchen is played by brita wool who had a big role in a season of unreal the acting in this short is decent it was directed by roxanne benjamin so far i've liked most things i've seen from her on to the next segment her only living son a woman has a son with satan and keeps the son away from the devil's grasp i want to say i almost like this short the idea that your child turns out bad is terrifying now if they turned out to be the antichrist oh geez we get a pet warning in this segment since the son andy hurts his dog off screen and kills the squirrel which we see nailed to a tree the antichrist more like the andy christ am i right the acting in the short is strong enough from andy and his mob all the other characters barring a concerned mother are basically weird worshippers of andy the worshippers aren't the best acted i want more of a terrifying presence from them instead of strange cheese kind of like the followers in hereditary in her only living son we get some demon toe and fingernails applied to andy but his demon traits didn't impress me the ending of this one was lackluster They escape satan but die in a titan brace it's pretty anticlimactic the audio is especially bad in this short the overall quality puzzles me since her only living son was written and directed by karen kusama she directed multiple features including jennifer's body and the invitation before this so i'm not really sure what happened here the last of the shorts which is actually the first short of the anthology is the box my initial feelings were pretty meh after allowing it to marinate in my mind a bit i want to say it's my favorite of the bunch while watching the short i had a nice bit of dread in my stomach what did the boy see in the box it's so bad that he stopped eating it must be absolutely horrifying if he tells someone what he saw just hearing about it makes them starve themselves too the tone of this segment is on point there is a lot of unnecessary exposition from the mom but i can look past that surprisingly we get way more gore in this short than the one with the little sociopath antichrist the mom in the box has a dream where her starving family eats her alive at the dinner table it's a little unsettling and the gore that's applied to her body looks great the cut off pieces don't but i'm still giving the gore a thumbs up here the acting is decent enough in this segment i didn't love the dad though the director jovanka vukovic hasn't done much and this short doesn't really have a unique feel but i'm still interested in seeing what she does in the future when a short isn't being shown we travel through a creepy house by the magic of stop motion the framing sequence is directed by sophia carrillo and it's probably the best part of the film it's odd surreal and beautiful sophia has done a few animated shorts in the same style after seeing xx i checked out her short la casa triste and it's haunting and gorgeous i really dig her aesthetic as a whole xx is just okay there are parts that i found enjoyable and parts that make me not even want to recommend this movie at all if you are hunting for an anthology that's great through and through skip xx and check out something like trick or treat number four the black coat's daughter 2015 directed by oz perkins this movie might be better viewed without spoilers so i'll start with a short review here the black coat's daughter is an atmospheric slow burn film that's shrouded in mystery while i do recommend it i think there are some glaring issues if you don't want any spoilers skip to 22 minutes 36 seconds for the next movie here we go cat is a possessed girl who somehow knows her parents died in a car crash a demonic entity recruited her to kill for it since her parents don't pick her up she has to stay at her catholic school with another girl named rose there are also two nun chaperones on campus cat kills rose and the chaperones beheads them and displays their heads in front of a boiler eventually she is found by a police officer and is allegedly shot in the shoulder after shouting hail satan and a demonic scream another story that is being shown simultaneously is about a girl named joan she was in a psych ward and is helped out by a guy named bill and his wife the couple are revealed to be rose's parents they say she died nine years ago the girl referred to as joan killed a lady with that name and stole her identity she then kills the couple decapitates them and takes their heads to the same boiler room that cat did this time the boiler isn't on it's revealed that the girl is an older cat after being shot by the cop cat was exorcised of the demon possessor and put in a psych ward cat misses the demon and breaks down since she can no longer connect with it cat and a car crash are the killers yeah that's a whole lot of plot when the movie ended i slowly put together that joan is catherine but the black coat's daughter makes it incredibly hard to realize this first off emma roberts plays joan and kiernan shipka plays cat emma is older than kiernan sure thing is they look pretty close in age and don't look alike in the slightest okay they both have blonde hair i guess the director decided to go for bigger names instead of any sort of resemblance this wouldn't be a big problem if one important part of the film was handled better we learn that joan has a gunshot wound on her shoulder when cat is confronted by the cop he shoots a rifle at her and we instantly cut away we don't see where she is shot it's heavily implied that cat died if you want to use two actresses that look nothing alike to play the same person knock yourself out honestly that would be fine if the police officer shot cat's shoulder on screen that's the biggest change the movie needs to gain some level of cohesion joan has a flashback of a police officer shooting a rifle but that still isn't enough due to the way the stories are structured maybe i just wasn't paying enough attention i did go back and watch the flashback which only shows the shot and lasts about a second after seeing the ending i can now put things together with the flashback but actually during my viewing i think it would have helped if the flashback was longer it could show the police officer with his gun raised for a brief instant before the shot another thing they could have done is just not cast emma roberts and instead cast a much older woman to play a much older cat there are a ton of other confusing moments in the film like the dream cat has in the beginning but I could at least piece together that the dream showed how her parents died. Besides some overall bad and confusing plot decisions, the film is pretty good. I don't mind the structure of the film, which is broken up into different pieces for Cat, Rose, and Joan. I do believe it's necessary in order not to spoil the twist, which I should have been able to piece together much earlier in the film if my brain didn't keep yelling, Emma Roberts and Kieran and Shipka are completely different people at me the entire time I was watching i enjoyed the cinematography and felt the music and dark ambient noise really helped instill a sense of dread as i watched the film the only part of the sound design i didn't enjoy was the decision to distort the police officer's voice as he tries to talk cat down after finding her shrine to satan it's odd and feels out of place i don't feel like the acting is fantastic but it's good enough for me cat is supposed to come off as an unsettling creepy weirdo which i think shipka does pretty well here emma roberts is not incredible but i think her strength is actually comedic acting if you haven't seen the first season of scream queens yet she is the main character and hilarious the gore in the black coat's daughter is done well the shot of the smashed up car is surprisingly unsettling due to some barely visible gore we see a lot of stabbing from past and present cat and the heads are a great horrifying touch it's a thankless job collecting heads for boiler satan overall i enjoyed the black coat's daughter i do not think this will be for everyone since not a lot happens if you are a fan of creepy atmospheric movies check this out number five terrifier 2016 directed by Damien leon a disfigured victim of what's called the miles county massacre is on a talk show after the talk show the victim kills the rude host art the clown the one who massacred everyone is still alive he goes on a rampage and kills a bunch of people one girl named victoria who is trying to get her sister who's already been killed ends up being disfigured by art but survives art shoots himself in the head but comes back to life in the morgue victoria is shown to be leaving a mental hospital at the end of the movie it's revealed that she is the victim from the talk show art the clown and victoria are the killers i recently recommended a horror comedy clown slasher called stitches So how does terrifier hold up to that well the short of it is i recommend watching stitches instead that doesn't mean there's no enjoyment to be had with terrifier terrifier seems like a movie that should be right up my alley but while i was watching it something felt off it's got a bunch of over-the-top insane practical gore that's done very well a face is turned into a jack-o-lantern a girl is almost completely cut in half while she's hung upside down a guy's decapitated and another has his face stomped in by clown shoes the gore isn't bad it's practical and superbly done art the clown is fantastic his mannerisms and silence throughout the movie are quite funny the acting is terrible from everyone that talks but i'm not looking for great performances here so what's the deal i want to say it's the movie's location and soundtrack that make it fall flat for me the cinematography is also incredibly basic But I feel like that wouldn't matter as much if we were given some exciting locations with some life instead of one drab abandoned building. There is barely any color variation. My eyes got tired of looking at the same bland colors. The music is incredibly uninspired. This is a killer clown slasher. You can goof up the soundtrack a little bit to an extreme amount with this kind of movie. I do really like the character design for Art the Clown he's the perfect level of funny and creepy my only issue with his design are his fingerless gloves i personally prefer goofy looking mickey mouse style gloves when it comes to murderous clowns also his shoes don't squeak i know that would make him less stealthy but i'm suspending my disbelief a lot already why not have his shoes make silly squeaking sounds while he's sneaking up on people i mean the people he's killing aren't the brightest take victoria for instance victoria is trying to find her sister tara and tara's friend don after they called her for a ride home while driving to get them victoria hears on the radio that there is a crazy killer possibly a crazy clown killer on the loose in the area she is heading to pick up tara and don they aren't answering her calls when she gets there so victoria decides to look around in a creepy abandoned building for them there are multiple signs hitting victoria in the face that say yo they are probably super dead you should get out of here and call the police just in case something happened but victoria ventures deeper and deeper into the abandoned building and only realizes that she's in a bad situation after seeing don's dead body she locates the body after hearing don's ringtone which is honestly fire i couldn't help doing a small dance whenever the ringtone went off during the movie victoria there were so many signs to turn back anyway tara gets captured by art the clown he has a hard time deciding on a weapon to kill her with at the beginning of the movie he stuffs a plain black trash bag full of sharp murdery objects first off how does the trash bag not rip i can only suspend my disbelief to a certain degree i feel like this trash bag would instantly get a hole in the bottom that would have been a great gag art gets everything in the trash bag picks it up and then it tears and everything falls out then he could have grabbed a fanny pack and loaded that fashion statement with his killing tools wait no one steal that idea someday i'm going to make a movie called the fanny pack fanny hacker that's a working title i just think it would be funny if the killer murders people by cutting off their butts terrifier did have art cut off a woman's breasts and scalp which he uses as a disguise but my movie about severed butts will be much different it would be funny if the killer wore the butts though my last gripe with Terrifier fire is an issue i have with a ton of slashers so it's not the biggest deal art the clown gets knocked to the ground two times in this the first time Terra grounds him by continuously whacking him in the head with a wooden board she has the upper hand and could probably kill him but she decides to yell at him to get up over and over which gives him time to take out his ankle pistol and shoot her in the leg you really screwed the pooch there tara what a terrible course of action later on a pest control dude that was in the building knocks art down with the barrel thing it makes more sense here than the former situation that he tries to run off since he's trying to rescue victoria but pest control dudes should have kept bashing art to ensure their escape terrifier is an all right slasher for gore fans it's got some fantastic practical effects embodied in a lackluster shell I only recommend checking this out if you really dig practical effects score and have already seen stitches. Number 6. Las Brujas de Zagatamerdi. The Witches of Murti, aka Witching and Bitching, 2013, directed by Alex de la Iglesia. A group of nimrods hold up a cash for gold store. Three of the robbers, Jose, his son Sergio, and another guy named Tony, get away in a taxi. The taxi driver joins their gang they head for france and end up at a mansion inhabited by witches who foresaw their arrival and are about to have a huge ritual long story short most of the guys get captured the lead witch's daughter eva falls in love with jose for some reason a giant witch monster thing comes to do the ritual the monster eats sergio then bursts him eva helps jose scare the giant monster away and the whole gang escapes the witches sergio performs a magic show using real magic ava and jose are now a thing and the witches plot their revenge spongebob squarepants the witches and the giant witch monster are the killers spongebob well a robber in a spongebob costume lights up a guard with an uzi before turning into a real hole-filled sponge himself The witches are shown eating people so they must have killed for that meat the giant witch monster steps on and kills witches so also a killer those are your allies big witch i watched another alex de la iglesia film called ballada triste de trompeta, translated sad trumpet ballad and brought to the u.s with the name the last circus about 10 years ago meaning i watched it about 10 years ago i remember it being wacky and gross it also starred carolina bang iglesia's wife who plays Eva in witching and bitching i've decided to use that title solely because i can't roll my r's even though i think it's a terrible title witching and bitching starts off as a comedic heist film the gang that's knocking over the cash for gold store are all dressed as street performers which makes the heist both absurd and genius i'd say the heist is the high point of the movie which is a problem since this is supposed to primarily be a killer witch movie i'd say the movie is decent until the gang leaves the mansion for the first time we start with the fun heist The gang then makes it to the witch's weird inn that's creepy and interesting and finally we make it to the huge mansion which is full of potential. Unfortunately everything falls apart here. The gang leaves their loot bag at the mansion, go back to get it and get attacked by the witches. This should be exciting but the witches don't really use any magic. They mostly just fly around, crawl on the walls and walk on the ceiling. That's not what I want from witches. I want crazy spells. For example, it would have been hilarious if a witch turned one of the robber's legs into frog legs while he was trying to get away. I would have appreciated pretty much any quirky magic. The closest we get to cool magic are multiple scenes where the witches squeeze and drink fluids out of frogs. Well, during one of the sequences, Ava just covers herself in it mostly, but you know, that happens too. Jose's ex wife, Sylvia, hunts down jose to get sergio back and once at the mansion the witches transform her into a witch by having her drink frog goop and eat a human ear they cut off a guy that was in the taxi the gang commandeered the taxi passenger might be the best character in the movie he is constantly getting screwed over there's one scene that i found especially funny where a witch says she made finger food which are shown to be actual human fingers which prompts the taxi passenger to look at his hands where he realizes all his fingers have been cut off most of our gore comes from the taxi passenger's misfortune and it looks okay one of the witches puts in sharp metal teeth and bites a robber but instead of a great practical gushing bite wound we get some crappy digital blood splatter With the amount of money that went into this movie i can't believe they decided to use a terrible digital effect for the bite while i think the plot of the movie is especially boring and drags on for far too long i do think there is some great design work the character designs are decent when it comes to the witches and street performer costumes the sets actually look great the giant naked witch monster is a sight to behold And the CGI used for it is passable. Unfortunately, great looking characters and sets don't make up for a boring plot. The acting is fine, it's campy, which fits the movie. There are two detectives that are following the ex wife who is tracking Jose's cell phone. The detectives add literally nothing to the movie, they should have been cut completely. It's dumb that Ava decides to turn her back on her coven for Jose. I wanted the witches to win the guys are just whiny losers the best part of the movie is probably the very end where sergio does his magic trick it's the age-old trick where you put your assistant in a box and cut them into pieces sergio actually cuts the girl up shows the audience her blood gushing torso then uses real magic to put her back together she's fine but vomits due to the experience the trick is great uniquely executed and funny i wish i could say that about the rest of the movie if you are looking for a funny witch movie stay away from witching and bitching and watch hocus pocus for the thousandth time instead number seven buffy babble i'm up to season seven episode 12 now a lot of stuff has happened so the segment is going to be long let's start off with the killers shall we xander sweet the dancing and singing demon an old lady worm thing warren robed individuals that work for the first a flesh-eating demon gnarl, a pre-existing heart condition anya a demon spider andrew spike and a turak han are the killers real quick since i don't want to waste as much time on this trio as season six does jonathan who we all know and love teams up with warren the guy who made the robot girls and a guy named andrew who's the brother of the kid that had the demon dogs attack a dance back in buffy's high school days they couldn't get the original actor so andrew is his goofy brother replacement they are basically a trio that mildly annoys buffy while trying to get ultimate power they end up being really rapey and try to mind control girls to have sex with them warren mind controls his ex the mind control wears off mid felony so he racks up another felony by killing her this gang literally does nothing for the plot and could have been completely removed and replaced basically the only reason they are in the show at all is to be a catalyst for the finale warren shows up at buffy's house with a gun after she humiliates him and starts shooting her while doing this he also shoots up into a window randomly while running away which kills tara don't get me started on the impossible trajectory of that bullet the trio could have been replaced by a random street gang and a lot of time could have been saved turning jonathan into a bad guy isn't good fan service important part to remember buffy gets shot and lives while tara gets shot and dies it's a shame i already used a terrible pun this episode come to think of it tara and terrifier also died from getting shot small world back to buffy pet warning a dog gets eaten by a giant worm monster after anya grants the girls wish that her ex turn into a worm yeah anya turns back into a vengeance demon for a bit after xander leaves her at the altar he was spooked by a guy pretending to be future xander xander doesn't even ask future xander any questions to make him prove he is actually xander he's obviously not xander anyway anya turns back into a vengeance demon the new look for the Vengeance Demons is terrible. They still rock the skinned look from when Anya was originally introduced, but now they have the hole that is behind your nose cartilage on top of the nose. It looks really stupid. Anya grants a girl's wish that a bunch of frat guys get their hearts torn out by summoning a spider demon that rips out parts. They all die, but Anya asks her boss to take the wish back which he does by killing another vengeance demon so technically anya and the spider demon didn't kill anyone but it's shown that anya's wish granting in the past has left a body count so on the list she remains she's back to being a human during this season it's teased very early on that willow is going to go power crazy and become the big bad i think this is an awesome idea and it does come to fruition there is a huge hiccup along the way that cheapens the finale basically tara leaves willow because willow's getting all magic crazy after tara leaves willow brings back amy the witch that's been a rat for seasons now amy ends up taking willow to a place where you do magic like a hard drug willow gets addicted to it this whole idea that magic is basically an addictive drug is incredibly heavy-handed and asinine hey buffy writers come sit down i'll tell you how you should have written this season you were fine up until tara leaving willow and amy being brought back from rat form actually everything leading up to the magic crack den is fine now instead of the magic crack den you have amy introduce willow to an otherworldly being that can make her more powerful willow then makes a pack with the being and becomes a warlock instead of a witch in the sense of DD willow has incredible dark power and starts being a danger to those around her so buffy stages an intervention leading to a mini battle where she tells the otherworldly being that willow has a pact with to cease and desist the being obliges after buffy does them a favor or something for example buffy kills a meddlesome demon willow then swears off magic we then have the same events happen where tara gets shot and killed by warren and willow hulks out She calls out to Osiris again for help, resurrecting Tara, who says no way, Jose. And then, out of fury and a thirst for vengeance, Willow calls upon her old master and packs up again, which makes her lose control, thus turning into evil Willow, leading to her still flaying Warren while he's still alive. She's not a killer since it's a revenge kill. Hot damn, that would have been fantastic. Instead, we get the really stupid magic addiction plot. In the middle of a truly great concept there are other parts of terrible writing in this season basically buffy starts hate boning spike because she hates being back on earth since it's practically torment all the time to be alive after experiencing a version of heaven spike at this point has been shown to really care about buffy and to some extent the gang he watches out for dawn and isn't nearly as big of a jerk anymore so what do the writers do to make the audience turn on spike they have him try to rape buffy it feels completely out of character i get that he's still an evil vampire that did a lot of unspeakable things in the past but for the last couple of seasons spike is built up to be a redeemed character all of that development goes out the window with one awful bit of writing hey writers stop using rape as a plot device after this happens spike feels terrible and goes to find an ancient demon guy he asks the guy to give him the power to give buffy what she deserves meaning death because now the writers decided he instantly wants to go back to his old killing ways but after facing a bunch of trials the demon gives spike his soul back instead now the writers are trying to redeem spike again from scratch he's got a soul now he's so different i guess you can technically argue that the way the boning sessions were initiated were a little rapey so what happened isn't much of a stretch i still feel it's out of character and bad writing currently we are dealing with hypnotized spike killing people who knows where this will lead some crazy poor written redemption i guess dawn is more insufferable than ever this season there are multiple points in the season where the gang is in a heap of trouble instead of trying to help the gang who is rightfully focusing on the matter at hand dawn whines and cries that no one is giving her enough attention gee dawn maybe you should stop asking for attention when there's a life and death situation going on remember when i was talking about the fanservice trio Well, andrew and jonathan come back during season seven andrew the only character on the show that is worse than early xander principal snyder and whiny don tries to stab jonathan to death in order to give blood to an ancient manhole cover thing jonathan then has to kill andrew in self-defense leading to andrew's blood getting on the evil ground pentagram after this jonathan goes to buffy and pleads for forgiveness he tells her everything he knows and joins the gang i know what you're thinking now josh that's how you do some fan service i love the jonathan redemption arc too bad i'm a dirty liar and andrew actually succeeds in killing jonathan now we are stuck with andrew who is kind of a gang hostage that's no longer tied up i hate this character so much the wrong nerd died to wrap this up the first one who is more or less the incarnate of original evil is back it had a brief stint in an earlier episode and this time it's out for complete domination and destruction even though buffy died there isn't a new slayer for some reason i'm not sure why the rules were changed buffy died before creating kendra then kendra died creating faith so since buffy died again we should have another slayer instead a bunch of hopeful slayers were being murdered so at this point in the season all the hopefuls that are still alive are gathering at Buffy's house miranda from lizzie mcguire is one of them i had a big crush on her when i was younger i found out she had to go to rehab for meth don't worry she's doing a lot better now it looks like felicia day is also one of the hopefuls anyway the first had their gaggle of followers awaken a turok han which is an old super strong vampire buffy kills it in front of the hopefuls to inspire hope in them hopefully they're full of it now i almost forgot one of the episodes in season six is a musical it's a lot of fun everyone bursting out into song and dance is explained in universe xander decided to summon a demon that would make this happen the demon sweets makes people dance until they die that's why xander and sweets are on the killer list the songs are great and it is a really creative way to easily push a bunch of plot forward that's all for buffy this episode i believe next episode's buffy babble will be the last it might get replaced by castle rock if you have any other horror show recommendations let me know episode 27 is now in your brain i hope you enjoyed it remember in uhf when weird al's character is upset and introduces a cartoon to his kid audience during his uncle nutsy's clubhouse segment and yells i hope you enjoy it at them no Watch UHF, it's great. I just remembered that Weird Al did a version of the Pokemon rap for one of the Pokemon movies. Man, I wish he'd make a horror comedy. I love that guy. If you like this episode of Blank is the Killer, why not rate it on iTunes? If you're like me and never update your iPhone since the updates only seem to make your phone slower and slower and slower and you aren't able to search and therefore rate using the apple podcast app for some reason i completely understand if you have recently updated or turned off and on your phone i'd really appreciate a rating the current goal is to get the number of ratings into double digits that's only four more ratings folks lend me your energy big thanks to sticker fridge for hosting the podcast on their website allowing it to reach your favorite podcast apps the basuda boys are back after a long hiatus and they're as funny as ever check them out if you want to laugh with some opposite of wholesome boys they truly do live up to their name with their zany anecdotes it's weird how some stories they tell can be so appalling and hilarious at the same time i'll be back on the 23rd of september with more spooky movies make sure to start getting ready for halloween it's about to sneak up on you